What does buying a car and applying for financial aid for college have in common? Get ready for a little Financial Aid 101. You're listening to Future Proof Kids, the guidebook for designing your child's future. So let's answer the question. What does buying a car and applying for college financial aid have in common? The answer, the total cost you pay is negotiable. This is the dirty little secret colleges don't want you to know. So your child got accepted to college and the school even gave you financial aid. That's great. But unfortunately, the amount they offered you wasn't enough. And you're worried that you won't be able to send your child off to college. I bet you didn't know that you can appeal your offer and actually get more money. Here's why all college students should appeal your financial aid offer. Cars in colleges have a negotiable sticker price. If you've ever bought a new car from a dealer, you may have encountered the term manufacturer suggested retail price. So the MSRP is also known as the sticker price. And if you've ever bought a new car, you know the number one rule is you should never pay the MSRP. So many people hate buying a new car because they often feel that the dealership took advantage of them. Car dealers use so many different gimmicks to distract you from several different hidden costs that drive up your overall cost and increase their profit. So a few of college's hidden costs, well, one, books, and we've got student fees, technology fees, health center fees, study activity fees, transcript and graduation fees. And there's a new study that just came out that shows that colleges have been sliding student support for athletics into tuition fees all along. Who knew? Finally, the one that really gets me is that some colleges will increase your dorm rates based on the location of your dorm and the newness of the building, as if you had a say. They're first and foremost a business, a very big business. If you want more additional proof, just take a look at how colleges profited during the pandemic. You had colleges with outrageous returns on investments. Great for them, but they didn't cut tuition when they locked kids out, right? They kept making money and they didn't provide the same service. But we have a different opinion of schools than we do of car dealerships. We don't think of colleges the way that we think of car dealerships because we think of them as socially responsible organizations. And because they're held in much higher esteem, people simply accept what colleges give them, whether that's a price, financial aid, whatever it is, hey, this has got to be this great place, so we're going to go for it. Unfortunately, this is where people make their mistake. Now, let's take a look at why colleges discount tuition. Colleges often give discounts to make the school seem more attractive and give you a reason to attend. They need to be competitive with their sales price uh, to get you to shop there, right? Just like any store. So why not offer students some multiple incentives to attend your school? It's a win-win. You get some money off and the kids feel like they've really done something. When colleges discount the sticker price, they can make the school appear more exclusive with a high initial sticker price, but still price competitively after the discount. Two, you offer scholarships tied to academics, which is a pretty smart way that I'm going to give you, you know, I'm going to knock five or $10,000 off your tuition as long as you maintain a B average or better. 
And if you drop below that, then you're going to lose that academic scholarship. So that's a fantastic way for colleges to do that. I've got really no issue with that one. Third way they do that is that they make students feel special because they're on scholarship. So I know several private schools that have a sticker price and no one really ever pays that. It seems to be super exclusive. Then all of a sudden, everyone gets five, ten, fifteen, twenty-five thousand dollars off. So everyone feels special, and it's a very attractive way to to capture students. Brilliant marketing. This system works for colleges because most students will take what is given, but the price you pay can be lowered either through reducing the sticker price or through different forms of financial aid. So while the college classifies it differently, you don't care because you ultimately pay less. And that's the most critical thing is how do we get you to pay less for school? In order for that to happen, we're going to have to go through some acronyms here. So there's a financial aid formula. That's the basic thing. And we're going to need to understand this. So it's COA minus EFC equals FN. That jumbled mess of alphabet soup is what you need to learn to play the financial aid game. So spelled out, that formula reads COA is cost of attendance minus EFC expected family contribution equals FN financial need. So let's break that down one by one. The cost of attendance or COA. So that's going to be your tuition and fees, your room and board, books, supplies, travel, and other miscellaneous expenses. The EFC, expected family contribution. So what happens is colleges will use your FAFSA, a free application for federal student aid form, to calculate the amount that you were expected to pay. The things that the FAFSA considers, savings accounts and investments, income, which is verified by the IRS, by the way, other kids in college. Um, this might be changing in 2022, so we have to be aware and any other factors of income that you might need. So finally, the resulting number is FN or financial need. In simple terms, they take the cost to attend the college, subtract how much you can pay, and this is the financial need that you should get, should. Unfortunately, you don't always get all the aid you need. That amount missing is the gap you were expected to come up with. For example, the cost of attendance of a school, we're just going to say it's 20000 a year, and this is that overall cost of the tuition and some of those other expenses that you're expected 20000 a year. When they go through and they do all the math, your expected family contribution is 10000 a year. So technically, your financial aid should be 10000 a year. And in order for you to send your student to college, you're going to need that 10,000 on your own, right? That, that's how you're going to come up with it. And school's going to give you 10 and everything's good. But let's say the college only gives you $5,000 in financial aid. So what you've left been left with there is a gap of 5,000 per year that you're going to have to pay for yourself. So got 20,000, you can cover 10. You're hoping the school's going to cover 10. School says, surprise, I'm only going to give you five. You now have a $5,000 gap that you've got to come up with. So despite what you say and how little money you have available for college and for life, 
the college has decided that you need to prove how much you really want to study at their college by asking for more money. Now, if that hasn't made you mad, remember that Princeton, Yale, University of Texas system all increased the value of their endowments by over 30 million a day last year, 30 million per day. And yet they're going to stick you with a need. It just doesn't seem right. There's good news. Here's how to reduce your total tuition cost. So colleges aren't all bad. Going to send both of my boys to college. So I, agree, I believe in them. I just know that they're a business and I have to deal with them a different way. So they offer you a way to close the gap through what's called non-need-based aid. Students and families have the option to work more, take federal loans, apply for scholarships, take school-based loans, take private loans, which is the most expensive of all options, by the way, agree to tuition payment plans. That's where the college becomes the lender. Or you can request a reevaluation of your circumstances. And this is what we want to do first. Now, reevaluating our financial need and gap. So colleges are not required to reevaluate or consider special circumstances. But you may request a process called professional judgment. So if you go a handful of years, there was a movie called Fight Club. And I always ask, what does the movie Fight Club and college financial aid have in common? Well, the number one rule is that you're not allowed to talk about Fight Club. So when, when you negotiate with colleges, you don't ask to negotiate. That's the number one rule. In reality, you are dealing with what's known as objective criteria. And according to the universities, these are not negotiable. You're still negotiating, but colleges have to play it their way. So we just have to realize colleges are so pure and we, we move on. Now, for us to figure out what sort of aid, we have to recognize that there are two categories of financial aid. And the mistake that many parents make when dealing with financial aid is going to the wrong office. So if you have a student with excellent grades and test scores, you turn to the admissions office for money. But you contact the financial aid office if you need more money for college and you cannot afford as much. There's a big difference between those two. For you, doesn't make any difference. It's less money that you're going to pay for the college. But for the college, it's everything because they've got two separate offices that are going to deal with this. So now, how do we appeal for financial aid? Well, when you appeal, be honest and be direct with your needs. List unreimbursed medical expenses, any K-12 tuition that you've got for siblings, any unusual capital gains, if you're experiencing a job loss, pandemic losses, if you had to take a loan from the government, explain that the amount that they have calculated and the gap you need to overcome it will put you at too great of a financial burden. Now, don't feel bad for colleges when asking for help. They often have huge endowments and large budgets and millions and even sometimes billions. So again, don't feel bad asking for a little something from the top because that's what colleges do. They have entire offices for this. If you spent a few hours writing the appeal and you got an extra 5K, I'd say it was pretty worth it. Now, the letter of appeal and the required forms, um, there's some steps that you need to take to appeal your financial aid offer. 
First thing you should do, talk to your college financial aid counselor and explain your situation. She may be able to help you resolve the issue and you may not even need to file an appeal. If you do need to file an appeal, the next step is to complete the required paperwork. You can get this information from the financial aid office. Once you've completed the paperwork, submit it to the financial aid office along with your, the appropriate supporting documentation. They will review your case and decide whether or not to increase your financial aid award. There are companies that will actually do this, so you can get outside help if you need to. And if you don't want to tackle this yourself, some companies specialize this, they're willing to help you. Beware though, these companies take a fee. However, 50% of something is better than 100% of nothing. As with so many other things in life, do your research carefully and look for references before trusting anyone with something so important. Financial aid, college expense, your child going to college, this is a huge, huge deal. Don't think that this is just something that you can put five or 10 minutes in and, and it's gonna get solved. If you need the money, you don't have enough, go to the financial aid office. If you do have enough, but you just feel that that's not a competitive offer, go to the admissions office and, and ask for those award grants. Those That's the best two ways to go about getting money. People do it all the time. Don't feel bad for asking. In the end, it's your money. I'm Mike Flynn with Ingenious Learning and good luck appealing your financial aid.